Well, good morning, Summit. It is uh, great to be with you again. Uh, I think Dylan is just doing a great job uh, putting our worship together. It's been great to have Bree as well. Again, we've recorded those uh, ahead of time, and, and um, Dylan's piecing all these things together and just doing a great job. And I just wanted to comment, too, uh, we had an elder meeting Monday night um, uh, and and it was just interesting as we met over Zoom, uh, virtual platform. It, it was awesome to see how Summit truly is better together. Um, these leaders have come uh, from different backgrounds and different places, and God's really using every single one uh, in a special way, in a unique way, in a way that just builds the team and edifies the team so well. And so God is moving at Summit even in this time, and it's exciting to see that. And so just wanted to say thank you to all of our leaders in many different capacities that are doing many different things right now um, and just wanted to take a moment uh, to celebrate them and to say thank you, uh, to say thank you publicly. So we're praising God. I don't know if you heard this past week, um, but our Summit Relief Fund hit $18,700. And so we're just praising God for that. What a thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving and for investing into uh, folks that need that support, need that help in this time. And, uh, and, and we're just praising God for your faithfulness to that. So thank you so much for giving. I'm ready to dive in today. I hope you are. And uh, we're wrapping up our vision series where we've been preaching through our vision statements. We've talked about how Summit Church, right, and how we're called to be a going church that that God calls us to be the church and not just go to church. We'll glorify God. We talked about glorifying God, how we exist to bring glory to God and advance His kingdom. Um, so Summit Church will glorify God and advance His kingdom. And then we talked about how? By making disciples. By making disciples of what? Jesus, right? Because a disciple is a follower. So Summit Church will glorify God and advance His kingdom by making disciples of Jesus. And today, we're going to talk about the, the power, right? The strength of the whole thing because our vision statement ends by saying through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, I, I've come from a church background Right where um, you know what uh, the the definition of the Holy Spirit, who the person of of the Holy Spirit is, right? Um, sometimes be, can be mystical, right? Sometimes can be uh, confusing. Sometimes can be uh, uh, um, too too much to take. But I want to have really an honest conversation about who the Holy Spirit is, about when Jesus ascends into heaven um, and, and the promise that He leaves in the Holy Spirit. And so I just want us to talk about the Holy Spirit uh, today because He is the power by which we do all this. He's the power in the church. He's the power in, in, in us glorifying God and advancing His kingdom and making disciples of Jesus. And so this morning, uh, as we open uh, God's Word to us, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Will you pray with me and let's dive in? God, you say in your Word that when we don't even know what to pray, God, that the, the Spirit intercedes on our behalf. 
And God, I don't know about folks watching, but there have been days recently where I haven't really known what to pray. But God, I believe it's Your Spirit that intercedes on our behalf, that goes before and that and God, that shares groanings too deep for words on our behalf. And so God, I thank You for that. And this morning as we dive into what Your Word says about the Holy Spirit, the power that the Spirit is for us, I pray that You'd open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds to learn these things about this power that we have access to. And so God, make it clear to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So Matthew 28, 18-20 again. Jesus came to them and said, and, and, and this is after He's risen from the dead, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. See, I believe that the promise of the Holy Spirit is the promise of the presence of Jesus. He's with us. He's with us. God with us. And so I want us to turn to Luke chapter 24. That's where we're going to be spending our time this morning. Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 53, verses 44 through the end of the book. And again, Dr. Luke is writing here, and I want to read this and we're going to talk about it because I believe that the power for discipleship is found in the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And in this last chapter of Luke's Gospel, we see the Jesus risen from the dead, helping His disciples begin to understand what He had promised them in the upper room. What He had promised them in the upper room. If you remember, Jesus had said that He would send them a helper. And here in our text, we see that promise again. And that's what the Holy Spirit is, a helper. Uh, the Greek word for Holy Spirit is paraclete. Paraclete, you may have heard me uh, use this illustration before, but that sounds a lot like a pair of cleats, right? A pair of cleats. And what are cleats used for? They help soccer players and football players and baseball players and different athletes get traction in the grass, right? Or, or on different turf fields. Um, and and, and that's, that's, that's a way to think about the Holy Spirit. That He helps us. He helps us get traction in life. He helps us get traction in our spiritual lives. He is the helper. So let's look at Luke 24 again, starting in verse 44. Then He said to them, this is Jesus speaking, these are My words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about Me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, verse 46, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. That's what we celebrated last Sunday. Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. Um, rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. I want you to see that again because we need to notice this. We need to take notice because this is the teaching all things, right? Teaching them all things that He commanded them and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations. Woo! 
You are witnesses of these things, he says in verse 48. Verse 49, and behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing God. I love the way that the book of Acts puts it. Luke um, also writes the book of Acts, and he says in his account in the book of Acts about the ascension that Jesus was taken into heaven, and the disciples look, were looking around, and angels appeared and said, what are you doing looking around? And I love that question because it's like, what are you doing looking around? He's given you a commission, go and make disciples. And so we see here, right, the emphasis of of discipleship, how uh, we can be who Christ has called us to be. And the answer is that we can't be all that who God has called us to be, but He, without, without the Holy Spirit in us, without the Holy Spirit in us, we can't in our own strength, but it's the presence of the Holy Spirit in us that happens at salvation, that happens when we invite Jesus into our hearts, when we invite Jesus into our lives. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. We, they call it the indwelling of the Holy Spirit comes, right? And, and, and helps us. And helps us. And so what we see Jesus do here is He's helping His disciples And He can help us here today. I want you to look with me at verse 49. Behold, I'm sending the promise of My Father upon you. I'm sending the promise of My Father upon you. And Jesus told His disciples that He would fulfill His promise to give them the power that they needed to be his disciple. Acts chapter 1.8 says, and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You'll receive power. Right? And so, and so four things that I believe um, are application points for us about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit helps us. And the first one is this. The Holy Spirit helps us by providing us with power. Now everybody say Power. Right? Power. You can't just say power like power. Right? Power. Because that's just, that's just weak. When you talk about power, especially the Holy Spirit's power and what God has brought here for us, right? That we got to say power. Right? Because the Holy Spirit helps us by providing us with power. See, being a dedicated disciple and being a disciple who makes disciples is dependent on us receiving the power that the Holy Spirit provides to those who have a personal relationship with Jesus. Now, and see, here's the sad part. Here's the sad part. I believe that many people are showing up in church, many people are walking with Jesus, right? And they're not accessing the power. They're not accessing the power that is available to them in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they don't know about it. Or maybe they haven't been taught it. Or maybe they just have a misconception about the Holy Spirit and His power. Right? But Jesus had promised His disciples in the upper room that He would send the Holy Spirit to them. The Helper. He says it even there. 
And he's reminding them of that promise. In John chapter 14, that, that, that he mentioned, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Again, that's John 14, 15 through 18. We've already talked about it a little bit, but if you look at um, the book of Acts, Luke expands on Jesus' final words to his disciples. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. There's the authority of the Father again, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Power, power, power. That is what the Holy Spirit gives us and brings us for making disciples. We don't have the words to say. We mentioned this last week, right? Jesus is the only one that can change people. We don't have the words to say or the things to do to change people, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, He gives them to us. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. When I was praying a few minutes ago, I, I, I said that the, you know, sometimes we don't know the words to pray. In this season, we may not know the words to say, but the Spirit intercedes on our behalf with groanings deeper than words. On our behalf. The power of the Holy Spirit gives, the power that the Holy Spirit gives needs to be properly focused, which leads to the second help that the Holy Spirit can provide, enabling us to become dedicated disciples, the Holy Spirit helps us by teaching us the truth. Not only does the Holy Spirit help us by providing us with power, but the Holy Spirit helps us by teaching us the truth. Look at verses 44 through 46. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. You see that, church? Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. You see what he's doing here? He's teaching. He's reminding them. He's reminding them. He focused his disciples on God's word that this had to happen, right? That Christ should suffer. It is written, Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. Jesus is even pointing them back to the Scriptures. He prepared them to go out and change the world by pointing them back to the Scriptures. Many times... Many times when we think about teaching the truth, when we think about discipleship even at times, many times I fear that we want to write our own script. We want to set our own agenda. We want to come up with our own plans. We want to come up with the checklist of things that, 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 that you ought to know or that, that folks ought to know instead of learning and living God's Word. And instead of teaching each other to learn and live God's Word, see, Jesus was pointing out that all that had happened, all that had happened here leading up to this point, the, 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 the events of last week, Holy Week, was foretold in God's Word. He was also reinforcing the promise that He had made the night of His betrayal when He said that the Spirit would be 
their teacher. In John 14, 25 and 26, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. You see that, church? The Holy Spirit doesn't just give us power. He teaches us. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. You know what's fascinating about preaching? You know what's fascinating about preaching? Let you in a little bit on my life. What's fat, one of the things that's most fascinating about preaching is I can, I can preach a sermon and, and I can get five responses from folks and, and each person shares a different thing that just rocked their world. And you know what's fascinating? Most of the time, I don't, remember, I don't even remember four of them. I don't even remember saying four. You know, it's just, it's amazing. What, the point is this. As I'm preaching this passage today, God's going to speak to you through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit teaching you different things. Different things. Even as you're sitting there next to someone or you're, you're sitting and you're going to have a conversation with someone later about the message uh, or, or, or what have you or something like that, right? God is going to teach you. He's going to point something. He's going to bring something about that you need from His Word, right? Because, because that, that's how He teaches us. That's how He teaches us. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that fascinating? Just as Jesus opened the minds of his disciples to the truth of God's word before he ascended into heaven, he continued to open their minds to his truth through the teaching of his Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is still the primary source of our understanding of Scripture today. That's why when we, when we pray to open up the service or when we pray to open up the message, we say, God, Open our hearts, open our minds to understand what you have for us today. See, he is able to help us learn what we need to know to effectively serve him. So the Holy Spirit helps us by, by giving us the power. The Holy Spirit helps us by teaching us the truth. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit helps us in sharing our faith. The Holy Spirit helps us and sharing our faith. Look at verses 47 48. That repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. You see that? Underline, highlight, star the word should. Right? That repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name. Not Travis's name, not Summit's name, not anybody else's name. We talked about that last week. Jesus, right, in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Uh, in Corinthians, he says, you are my ambassadors, right? You're my ambassadors. And, and, so, and so that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed. Listen to me, church. The Holy Spirit helps us in sharing our faith. Why? Because we ought to be sharing our faith. Oh, well, well, pastor, pastor, listen. That's not my gift. That's not my gift. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, it may not be your gift to go travel the country and stand on a stage and, and, and preach a message. It may not be your gift to show up in a church week after week after week in a pulpit and preach 
It may not be your gift to lead a small group. It may not be a, your gift to, to, to walk up to somebody at a gas station and tell them about Jesus. But you know what is your gift? Because it's all of our gifts. It's sharing with all that we come in contact with what God's doing in our life. Testifying. Testifying about the love of God in our lives. Sharing our story. Because you have a story. If God has moved you, if God has worked in your life, then then you have a story. I have a story. And we have a responsibility here from Jesus. Repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations. Repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed. Not shaming. Not you should do better. Repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed. And the Holy Spirit helps us in this. See, Jesus clearly revealed that being His disciple meant being a missionary. Again, maybe not across the country, maybe not across the world, maybe not even across the state, but maybe across the living room. Sharing with your son or daughter, sharing with your husband or wife, sharing with your mom or dad, right? About your testimony, about the things that God's doing in your life. If we go back to what Jesus told his disciples in the upper room, we understand how Jesus was reminding them and reinforcing what he'd already promised. The Holy Spirit is able to help us be effective witnesses for Jesus. The Holy Spirit is able to, be, able to help us be effective witnesses for Jesus. And then lastly, lastly, because I think this is important, I think it goes hand in hand with number three. The Holy Spirit helps our witness match our worship. Not only does the Holy Spirit give us power, not only does the Holy Spirit teach us, not only does the Holy Spirit help us in sharing our faith and give us the words to say and the platforms and the moments, the Holy Spirit helps us in matching our witness with our worship. See, what kept that joy fresh? Look at verse 50 through 53. 50 through the end of the book here. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, lifting up his hands. This is Jesus. Picture this in your mind this morning. Lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them, was carried up into heaven. Can you imagine being there on that day? Can you imagine being there on that day and and being with Jesus and Jesus leading them out, right? Turning around, blessing them. What a blessing, right? And then being carried into heaven, being carried away and and just watching in amazement, right? Watching in amazement at what's happening. He parted from them, was carried away, and they worshipped Him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. With great joy. And we're continually, and we're continually in the temple blessing God. And then what happens next? We see the book of Acts. Right? Peter and, 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 and the apostles and then Paul gets involved in Acts chapter 9 and, and, and we, see, we see the church explode. Right? Why? Because they got it. They got it. 
from what Jesus taught them here in this passage, that the Holy Spirit was going to help them, that they had a job to do, and that, and that the work of Jesus was now their responsibility to be carried out through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, that right there, church, is the mission of the church. The church doesn't have a mission. God's mission has a church. That we would make disciples, that we would carry out the mission of Jesus going forward just like the disciples. Just like the disciples. And what's the power for it? The Holy Spirit. It's not our pastor. It's not our worship team. It's not our associate pastor. It's not our elders. It's not, it's not, it's none of that. It is our submission to the Lordship of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And He helps our witness match our worship. What kept that joy fresh? Because it says they were going back. They, they, had, they had caught it. They'd caught the vision, right? And, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. How were those first eight disciples able to maintain a life of dedication to their Lord? Because of this. They lived what they said they believed. They followed Jesus to the end. And then they were sent with a mission. They were sent with a vision. And there's joy in that, isn't there? There's joy in that. Because of that, they were uniquely ready to change the world when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. If we fast forward just a few weeks, Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. Many of you know this text, 41 through 47. So those who received His Word were baptized. There were added to their number about 3,000 souls. Again, this is just a few weeks later. And we see 3,000 people come to Jesus in one day. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to the prayers. All came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved what a picture of the power of the Holy Spirit the presence of Jesus the mission of the church they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to the fellowship to the body to the church to the church their worship was matched by their witness their worship was matched by their witness see they lived it because the Holy Spirit gave them the power to live it and my question for us today right Summit Church will Glorify God, advance His kingdom by making disciples of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Whose power are you living by? Whose power are you living by? I don't know about you, but I, I, I read the Scriptures that we've been reading this morning. I, I look at this and I say, you know what? There's no other way to live. There's no other way to live. 
well, pastor, how? How how do I live my life by the power of the Holy Spirit? Very, very simply. But it's one of the biggest decisions you'll make. And it's not a one-time decision. It's a moment-by-moment decision to submit your life to the Holy Spirit. Scripture says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Right? It's that submission. It is when we submit ourselves to Him daily. Every financial decision, every marriage decision, every, every parenting decision, every, every, every uh, job decision, every decision. God, what do you think about this? And that Holy Spirit kicks in. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I need you today. What, what, should I, what should I read in Scripture? What should I read in Scripture? I'll show you where I was this past week. I think I shared this on one of the Facebook Lives this past week, but it goes right along with this message, 2 Peter chapter 1. I was on a, I was on a phone call doing a, doing a devotion with a guy one morning, and we went to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and it goes like this. His divine power, there it is again, the Holy Spirit, right? His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. There's a lot there, but you know what that does? That reinforces everything we've talked about this morning. The divine power through the power of the Holy Spirit teaches us, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness to walk with God through the knowledge of Him who called us, Jesus, to His glory and excellence. What a verse. And as I read that Tuesday morning, I thought to myself, wow, there it is. God, help me. God, help me to embrace the day. Help me to embrace the week. All the challenges of our current situations that COVID is bringing. All of the confusion. All of the things. God, help me to embrace you. Not in my power. Not in my strength. But in yours. In your wisdom. And so church, I think for many of us, we could sit and say, you know what? My witness probably hasn't matched my worship. Another way to put that is, who I am Monday through Saturday doesn't match who I am on Sunday mornings. And if that's the case, you're probably not living by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you're not saved, right? But you're not accessing the power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. The Helper. And so can I encourage you today? Can I challenge you today? Whose power are you living by? And would you be willing to say this prayer? Hey, you know what? Because this is where we're heading as a church. This is is our focus, right? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what we want to be about. So can I challenge you? Can I encourage you to pray this prayer? God, help me. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. To submit myself to you. Every day. Every moment. Help me. Give me your power. 
Teach me your ways. And that's my challenge for us this morning. That's my challenge for us this morning. As we wrap this series up, we're going to glorify God. We're going to be the church that glorifies God, advances His kingdom by making disciples of Jesus through the power of His Holy Spirit. And I pray that if you're a part of Summit, that you buy into that, and that just jolts you, and that that just excites you, and that pumps you up, and that that you've been following along. If you're not a part of Summit Church, maybe you live in a different different part of the the world uh, than, than we do up here in in Maine, the southern Maine. Let me encourage you: find a church that follows the Great Commission, and that's their mission. It's very easy. Are you a Jesus church? Are you a Great Commission church? Right? That's that's it. And so I just want to challenge you there, encourage you there that you wouldn't neglect meeting together as is the habit of some out of Hebrews, but that you would stir one another up and even more as the day is drawing near. Be a part of the body of Christ. Be a part of the fellowship. Live according to the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you and we'll sing another song together. God, I pray that as we go, as we go about our days, God, that we wouldn't live on our own power, but that we would live according to the power of your Spirit. God, I thank you. I thank you for the access that we have, for the power that we have that's made possible through your Son, Jesus. I thank you that we can have access to this power, that, that, we, that we can have access to, these, to, 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 to the Spirit that teaches us and helps our witness match our worship. God gives us the words to say in our witness. God, I pray that we would live according to the power of the Holy Spirit as we go. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We stand and sing with us as we sing this song together.